spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I have a dream that at the moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I have dreamed waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass. More years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins. Where it all came from is to hold up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Andian. Spoken Label. A spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and records show it started off really as a one-off podcast chatting to writers, poets and artists. Over time it became monthly, then weekly and occasionally nowadays it goes on that to a more regular basis. To date I've done over 330 sessions and I'm always looking for New poets, writers, artists, singer-songwriters, general interesting creative people to come onto the podcast. You can find this on all the usual networks over Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay and dozens of others. But it does have a central database on spoken label, which is all one word, dot bandcamp.com. Obviously now, to help me with the running costs of this podcast, I'm always grateful for any kind of donation to assist me with it. You can even do the donation through the Bandcamp page by putting in a fee to download one of the free podcasts, or send it over to my PayPal to aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. My email address again is aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. Enjoy the podcast. Take care. Bye. Spoken hey guys, label. I'm the end. Spoken label. Back in the house on a Thursday night. Yes, we're not one tonight. This, but the lady we've got with us today over the from the island, man, dear friend of spoken label. I love having her on, is a busy lady to try and track down. So we've had to do it on a slightly different night than I normally do. We've got the wonderful Jacqueline Murray, Grace of us now, Jackie, or Jackie to me anyway. So introduce yourself to people. Tell us a little bit about yourself. People who don't know you, we'll start from there. Hello, this is my second time on Spoken Word with the lovely Andy. Um, my name's Jackie Murray-Grace. I'm from the Isle of Man. Um, I have won the Manx Poetry Slam Championships three times. That's the only annual slam we actually have on the Isle of Man. So um, I won 2017, 2020, 2021. So it was quite a high success rate. Uh, I've since kind of retired or at least temporarily retired and was luckily enough invited to do the comparing this year and have been invited back for next year, which is great fun and like a bit of a legacy. Um, I'm also the author of three books. Andy has them. I only have this one with me. Woo! I've got, well, I've got people series in video they can see. <laughs> now, I don't know which way around these that are, so I've forgotten. We've got On, on Ravensdale Ra Hill. Yeah. And I've got so On Ravensdale Hill here. That, that's and then... crazy. Yeah, a Siddha's song. Yeah. Yep. And then there's Secrets of the Perpetually Sick, which is my latest one. So basically, um, these are these are sponsored by the Arts Council, uh, the Isle of Man Arts Council. There is a fourth, they have sponsored another one that I'm in the process of doing. As Andy says, they're all very different. So the first one on Ravensdale Hill is a, is a very crazy 16-minute epic poem, The Battle Between the Raven and the Phoenix. And it's um it's pretty intense, it's a performance piece. Asilla's song is about a ghost who's trying to haunt a Rex, but cannot do so because she is haunted by haunted herself by an angel um so that's that's quite a crazy 23 minute woman and play that i do with a big gold mask uh and secret which, which i've had a pleasure of seeing on zoom and it was absolutely oh you have astonishing. yes you remember that yeah it was a, and that was on zoom so god knows what you were like in person it was intense as hell on zoom so <laughs> 
yeah yeah so that, they, they're both a bit bonkers they're both kind of tragedies and a bit intense um fun though uh and secrets is my first collection so this is basically it's 63 poems um i pretty much know every single one off by heart some are a bit rusty that we might be doing today um and and initially so it's a collection from when i started writing poetry in 2017 um which was uh, a very poignant moment because it was a, the year into like a very severe like um autoimmune flare so i i was basically diagnosed with a type of autoimmune arthritis uh 10 years ago next month actually and I was very ill and then I got sick again 2016 2017 and it was just it wasn't very good it didn't go well treatment wise um a lot of issues uh which led to the charity that I think we're going to talk about so basically um on the year anniversary of that I was I was quite distressed I didn't know it was uh I I wasn't, I was getting a bit misled by the hospital who weren't taking me very mm. seriously, you know, for lots of reasons, uh, mainly due to mental health issues, to be honest. I think I fell victim to, uh, you know, a bit of whatever there. And um, it took 18 months to get it, it diagnosed, even though I already had the diagnosis of the illness and was being treated for the illness. And uh, it, it sent me a bit mad. So on the year anniversary, this poem just like popped into my head about three in the morning when I was quite in a state of distress, actually. And um, it's in it's in the book. It's John O'Dead. And um, after that, it just came, it just came, came, came. So am I allowed to keep on rambling, Andy, or do you want to interject? I, I'm always when I can get a word in, I will interject. Right? <laughs> you yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I'm joking. Yeah, listen, people wouldn't have said Jackie, but his current book, yours, is is a tremendous book. It really is. It's powerful. It's enlightening, and in places, downright just dis- um, depressing as well. But Hey, I know. Let's let's talk about the cover first of all, then, and also the title. Because I said the book itself is titled as "There Are Worse Places to Hide Than Inside Secrets." Yeah. Where did the title come from first? Well, okay. So as I was just saying in a really long-winded fashion, um, basically I started writing 2017. The book was supposed to cover that period between then and when I finally got the good drugs that I waited nine years for that enabled me to hit remission properly and st- more stably, um, which was only last year, okay, 2022. So initially the book was supposed to be a collection of poems kind of tying up that kind of period of my life really and um the idea so that the, the title secrets are perpetually uh, no worst places to hide than inside secrets okay so the secret thing there's secrets of the perpetually sick which is a poem i think i'm going to do in the second half and that was that was really where the concept came from the idea that the perpetually sick have many secrets you know but there's also um secret hiding places of the perpetually sick um which which can be creativity and so that was a very empowering thing for me um I don't want to bang on to details about how I came to writing but basically I did on the back of a breakdown when I was incapacitated with the arthritis and um I did it to keep myself sane because I I couldn't move and there wasn't much I could do and my I was very very fragile mentally so I was writing I and I basically entered this in, in crazy incredible world of like um imagination and character and through that, I developed this whole um, this whole amazing kind of worldscape where I could just I could just be, you know, worldscape escape. I could just be in this place with all these characters. And so creativity is a secret hiding place of the perpetually sick. And the worst place to hide than inside secrets. I'm getting to the point now. So the story. Did you ask about the cover? Did you ask about Annabelle? I was going to ask next about Annabelle. See, look at that. Do, 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 do. Yeah, you, you know me too well, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> well, Annabelle, she takes the reader on a journey. Okay, mm. so the, the book starts with some only a small amount of quite hard-hitting pieces. They were by no means my hardest-hitting pieces. Okay, they were just a little kind of touch of it, a taste of it, about my experience of being sick and health problems in general. But then she takes you on a journey deeper into the real secret hiding place of the perpetually sick where creativity and imagination. And so the whole book, it goes through a process of like kind of the fantasticals, you know, the fantastical places you can go in your imagination. And they're a bit tongue in cheek, they're a bit naughty. Um, and then into all kinds of things right through to the slam winds and power poems and philosophical musings and 
whimsy and then a, a couple of tender ones at the end about the family there we go i'm gonna stop speaking for a minute andy <laughs> no that's fine no because i i it's there is a, there's a lot you could talk about this book like i said but the illustrations are absolutely tremendous in it they are and i know i know from your other two books you've done you did you did the illustrations in them as well so tell us about then the the just choices on the artwork then first of all and i think in this case then it's a whole story in itself. Yeah, exactly. I would be surprised <laughs> if it wasn't, right? So, so back at back when I was doing it on Ravensdale Hill, I was looking for someone to illustrate it, and it was really hard because, of course, it turns out that it's quite hard illustrating things. So people obviously didn't want to do it for free. And a friend said to me, "Jackie, do it yourself." And I was like, "I can't draw." <laughs> but I was doing like these. Um, I could I could draw like a 30 second, you know, and like, oh, there we go. Oh, capture the essence. I did that for that. I kind of did on a Scylla song. I managed to do the same thing in watercolors. Just a, whoo, whoo, whoo. there's my birds. Um, when it came to this, so a couple of things happened. I'll try and be really succinct else we're going all night, right? Oh, no, you won't be. I know that. <laughs> the first thing that happened was basically AI. And I'm a copywriter by, you know, that's what I do is like for my well, my living and I value writing and writing, like I said, for, you know, nine years, whatever, became my absolute retreat, my solitude, my refuge, everything. It became my real kind of go-to place for staying well and healthy in my mind when I was sick physically and, and, and you know, emotionally as well. And suddenly this thing came along and it just, it was like a house of cards. Uh, the very first thing that happened was I lost some clients with smaller clients. Of course I did. They started doing their own social media and stuff. And then um, I had a bit of a kind of meltdown over it. I wasn't very well mentally for a couple of months and it gave me a massive tinnitus attack, which had been a, a big issue with the breakdown years ago. And so I was just in a dark place. So there was, and on top of that, my husband got Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a very, very serious oh, community. Oh. So I did what I always do and I get lots on top of me and I just retreated, but I couldn't write. I just lost this. Every time I tried to write, I couldn't get out of first gear because it felt worthless. And at the time I had people who were friends. I don't know. They probably are. Was, I'm sure they didn't mean to upset me, but people being insensitive, people sending me AI poems and going, oh, look, you know, you're out of a career now. And it's like, I don't know why they were doing that. It's, it's you know, they oh, were kind of joking. We could we could carry on about discussions of AI and poetry because that's all I'm going to say there, right? the most are rubbish. <laughs> I, yeah, I know what you're saying, but, but, but what I'm saying is mm. I retreated inside my world, but instead, because Ed was sick in hospital, um, instead I, I just started to draw and just literally, I, I had slightly experimented with that style a couple of years ago, but not got very far because I needed glasses and they're very detailed. And I just got myself a pair of glasses and I thought, well, I'll give it a go again. And it really sorted my head out because it, it filled my head enough. I was doing it at bedtime. So when I went to bed, my head was on art and drawing. It wasn't on the noise that I was struggling with. It wasn't worrying about Ed. It was just on the art and drawing. So I created all the pictures for the book over the space of like, I don't know, two weeks, maybe most of them. Yeah. Wow. Um, just doing one a night. They took ages. They took like three or four, five hours each. Yeah, that I can believe is this. People look at the illustration the one they are brilliant illustrations you can tell straight away that there weren't something you knocked together in 10 minutes <laughs> i'd have been thought <laughs> no straight away so yeah no but, they took yeah. took time but they were like writing a story in that i would just get a pencil and just quickly sketch a figure which i have been doing these really quick 30 second sketches but rather than just putting that to one side as i have been doing i got the fine liner and outlined them and then just let the fine liner do its thing I was thinking at the time of creating outfits for my novel characters, actually. So I was just trying to, I got a bit inspired by African costume. Um, and I just really let the pen just do what it wanted to do. And that was it, you know. No, the brilliant, really, absolute tremendous really, one. It's, it's really added a really different layer to your book, book I think, on this case. Mm. Well, like it's the other two, your other two books, for example, people see them. So there is illustration in all your books. There is. And I think doing what you've done with this book is, like you said, it's, it's took it in a very different way because the images are much more dominant than the other books were. 
that's why. So, no, it's, it's brilliant stuff indeed. Now, now, there's plenty I could ask you about this book, but I'm, I want to start with anyway. And because obviously we've got a list of poems that's going to come later on where we go, which some of them will be in the book and some won't. So I think we better talk about the poems that you are, that are in the book that we're going to be reading in the second half. So mm-hmm. tell us first of all about the anarchist. I'm not getting my pronunciations wrong here completely. The anarchist. The anarchist, yeah. Tell us about the anarchist piece first of all. Oh, Which, the anarchist. I think, it, I think it's page 100 of my memory is correct. Oh, oh my gosh, that's good. I could even know that because I don't know that. Hang on. Yeah, it's um, page 100. Page 100, page 100 so. Yeah. yeah. Um, the anarchist is a, is a 2023 poem. Oh. Which is quite nice. So... The end of that story was I ended up going to 2023 because of AI as well. That's why I included 2023. Mm. Um, became a different time period, but in the book. But um, okay, the anarchist. So I've always been a bit of a revolutionist, right? Yeah. Um, you're, a punk, you're a punk rocker, basically. You are. I'm in, a punk rocker. Yeah, I'm in one way or another, yeah. <laughs> I'm quite outspoken. I'm quite, I kind of know my own mind. No, um, never, Jackie. I thought you were quite shy. I'm a bit bossy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I can see that with your pictures. Of, I know, I see your pictures on Facebook. People see that. Yeah, you can definitely tell the boss in your household is as well. Oh, yeah, say. yeah. No, uh, I, I like to be in control. Um, but also the other thing is I've had major health problems and I've had a lot of experiences with that. And I have I believe very, very strongly in empowerment. You know, I believe it's, you know, one of the things that did happen to me with the poetry, um, like I said, within that second arthritis flare that was... It was in my hips um, and my knee and my spine, actually. But it was it was kind of, you know, whatever it was. I didn't get the proper treatment I should have got. I was emotionally, like I said, very, very vulnerable, very vulnerable and at risk of all kinds of I was I was a mess. And ultimately, it traumatized me really severely being left that long and lots of stuff that happened afterwards. And I am. I had two choices, you know, Andy, right? I could have, I could have got really angry. I could have got really angry, you know, and I could have like shouted at a lot of people and done stuff and, you know, all that kind of thing. And instead I decided to set up the charity that um, I know we were going to talk about um, and to which the book is dedicated. I can't donate money to the charity from it, which I shouldn't do anyway, because I'm a trustee and I do enough, but I can't because it's Arts Council funded. But um, as they told me, but um, yeah, it's dedicated to raising awareness of the charity. It's called Without Wings. Um, it's the people who have room, um, autoimmune conditions that affect, amongst other systems in the body, the joints. So that's rheumatoid, cerratic, juvenile arthritis, lupus, ankylosing, spondylitis. There are dozens, actually. So, so that's what I did. I threw a lot of time and energy and effort into this charity um it became it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful the charity's amazing mum does all the treasury stuff i do everything else and my friends um suzanne and laura are trustees as well but we basically raise awareness of these conditions we provide positive information and um we provide a funding schemes so we provide free counseling and also we, we basically say we provide a bend over backwards service for anyone struggling so we recently purchased a bed for a little girl who couldn't get into her cabin bed you know all this kind of stuff yeah of um, we pay for stuff like people to have cleaners when they can't really move into it themselves um and, and you know the counseling obviously i did all this and i did it all because it nearly kills me doing this andy it nearly kills me but i do it because i honestly believe you have to fight much harder when you're fighting when you're fighting good shit you have to fight harder. If yeah. you fight the bad shit, you become louder. You become, everyone hears you. You get people rallying behind you because people like a cause. They like to get angry. If you're doing it in a kind way, this year we did a big kind campaign um, and you're doing it in a soft way, in a compassionate way, it's much harder. And I refuse to do it in a hard way. I refuse to do it because I believe in kindness i believe in compassion and i believe if you keep pushing through and you're consistent and you do it you will make the best impact i so so the anarchist is really in a way maybe it's it's the angry side of me coming out you know maybe it's 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 the fury coming out which i believe is also important to acknowledge especially in healing and everything like that um but it's also the fact that i won't lie down and i won't take shit and I won't do, you know, anybody who knows me will know that if they give me shit, it's just, I had this thing, I had this thing that when, you know, when you're at school, I found, I found it quite hard being at school because 
I found I couldn't handle meanness and cruelty and little girls can be quite nasty. So if ever anybody tried to bully me, I would literally like kind of kick off such a fuss, you know, not quite scream in their face, but kick off such a fuss that I would terrify them out of ever doing it again, you know? And I believe in life, that's how you've got to, yeah, that's it. Basically, it's about standing up for yourself. It's about, you know, not taking any shit. It's an empowering poem. You've got to fight. Definitely go. agree. Definitely agree. You've got to fight for everything you do. And that's why I love, I thought it's a great choice for you to read out in the second half, I suppose. The other poem from the book you're going to do, because people will notice later on there is a few pieces that aren't in the book that I don't know. And this is that's what I love. I love about you, Jackie. You surprise me. It's, it's the most saddest poem in the book. Because I remember, I know, since the last time we spoke, you like you sadly lost your dad, didn't you, fairly recently as well. So yeah, I lost him then. Was that I lost him a year and a half ago? Yeah, I think it was about right. We spoke. People wondering at the beginning of two thousand and twenty-two. So I think it was just after. I think right. I could be wrong yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah, and um, the last poem, last poem you're going to do in the podcast today will be one about your dad. My father didn't say goodbye, which is just it's a beautiful poem. It really is. Might be tough. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It's. I thought I would do it just because I thought. It shows a different side to my writing, a different side to who I am. Um, and because I've I've not I've not processed that, Andy. It's like takes it, a long time. Takes a long time because I don't know if I've told you this, but when I lost my dad a couple of years ago, we did because my dad had a stroke getting out of bed one time. Oh, about a year for lockdown, and he basically he fell out of bed and. And I was in what well, I found out the day after my mum when we up when I was in work. So and he was in a hospital around the corner from where we were working, and I had to go and see him straight after work and took a man down with me. And oh, he was a terrible state. Can you do it? Oh, I'm so sorry. It's no, it's he's been... he pulled back through the bit, but he's not. He's getting old, very old now. But you do it's some like that is. I think when you lose him, it's the same as when you're very near losing it. It brings a lot of emotions up. I think sometimes. Yeah, it's difficult. Well, Dad had tongue cancer, which is like, you know, you don't want tongue cancer, basically. So he he went from being a very fit, healthy man um, who hadn't really been sick throughout his whole life, to be honest. He went from that to a, a slow decline. And it was Christmas time. He was told definitively he would never swallow again. He hadn't been able to swallow for a year at that point. So they spent the, um, I think it was December 21, so it was lockdown. They had to go to Liverpool for all the treatment. He had to go by himself. Oh, God, it was too hard. It's too sad to talk no, about. No. But but the the difficult thing at the end, and, it's, and that the poem's about, is that basically they told him that the cancer was in remission, but he was definitively told December 2021 that he wouldn't be getting, um, he'd never be able to swallow again. And he just then went downhill he just plummeted and uh but it wasn't till march that he was told he had terminal cancer and he died 11 days later but from the minute he was told he wouldn't see us which is was my dad all over i mean you know my dad was like a really really sensitive really emotionally dysregulated individual and it was always going to be hard for, for him. It was, would be hard for anyone. But to, he couldn't say goodbye. And I knew he wouldn't be able to say... I, I couldn't have said goodbye to him. So I was quite yeah. grateful. But it was still hard. Yeah. It's, it's, there's nothing to say about it, you know, it's just, And it was a very, very sad poem to finish the book. I think it was the last poem in the book, actually, if my memory's correct. I dedicate the book to him yeah. as well. And to I my think, mom, yeah. Sue Grace. She was... She 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 oh, found second it. second to last poem in the book because oh well oh, the oh, there's a play. Is a, there's a little play. play it's a little play as well yes yeah, so. this is a play there has to be a play in there somewhere oh so, yeah um, listen you're you're an actor you're an actress there has to be a play right. with a mask um yeah Isilla's mask uh, appears in that play in fact Isilla the mask plays Doctor Alexander Cannon. That's right, she does, yeah, who's yeah. the Manx Medu? So, because, uh, of course, I'm from the Isle of Man, so it has to be a little bit of Manxness in there. So, um, yeah, I've forgotten what we were talking about now, but basically, oh, yes, yeah, so the book was dedicated to mum and dad. Um, mum found the book a bit of a challenge because the second poem has a big swear in the title. Mm, it has a naughty <laughs> word, which, <laughs> should we just say, we've, we've, you've sworn already in this podcast, and I don't 
Okay, anyway, right. So let's just say it's um it's got a naughty word on it, yeah. And it was yeah, and I think maybe if I'd actually bothered to let somebody read for the book first of all, I might have taken it out. But in retrospect, no, I'm glad I didn't because it was that poem is a very, very, very angry poem. That was my poem, and I was just like, I was trying to I was trying to almost will myself out of pain so hard and so intensely and then that little thing happened drawing in bed pencil sharpener exploded and just all this rage just went Wah! yeah it, sh- it shocked me a bit because i like i know i know i've jokingly said i'll call you a punk rocker which i think you are in spirit but that was like the most starkest poem yours i've read to that point actually it's like it really caught me out that did i know but i think it was a, i think it was a good move and people say it to get the book like it was like to go and do something like that because you're letting people know you ain't holding shit back. I think it when my mum was a bit shocked and a bit upset and said she couldn't sell it to any of her friends. Um, <laughs> and she said my dad wouldn't have liked it. But my dad didn't like my poetry anyway. He didn't like it. You know, we found it very hard. He said to me, um, he once said to me, we, we love your music. We love you being a musician. We really do the poetry. Now. So, I mean, and at the end of the day, I'm a fully grown adult and I was speaking my truth and um, and that, that poem is part of the book. And mm-hmm. what's the thing they say about writers? Writers, write and be damned. Yeah, exactly. You also you write what you know as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and you wrote what you felt. So that's what poetry is. It's an expression half the time of Interestingly song. enough, I did share that piece on Instagram. And often when I was sharing my kind of the words, you know, when you write a little poem and you share it on Instagram, oh God, Instagram's been a it uh, engagement is hard with poetry, but that one got shed loads of likes. And I got a few people message me privately. So that was one of the reasons I put it right at the beginning. I thought this one's impactful and I want the book to impact from I want people to pick it up and go and not go, oh, this is just like meh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. Before book, you might you might call it you use an F word in the title to get more sales than possibly. But anyway. No, I didn't. No, I mean genuinely I didn't actually, to be honest. No, I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't think at all. I did it just because I thought it would impact and because it's like it's what the book's about. I, to be honest, after the book came out and I opened it up, and especially after Mum said that, I nearly burnt all the books. I just thought, Whoops. I thought this is awful, and I thought, God, the bookshop have got it. They're going to see it. They're going to phone me up and send the books home. And you know, I, I felt really kind of, um, you know. But now I'm like, no, no, speak your damn truth. Yeah, exactly. I think it's like, I think because you've got a bit of name where you are, Jackie. It's not a case of getting away with it. You're making more of an impact, I think, by showing people this is your truth. Yeah, yeah. Just think of the Manic Street. Was it this? Was it the Manic Street preacher in album where this is my truth? Tell me yours or something. Or something. Oh right. Oh, it was somewhere along those lines, anyway. So maybe, maybe. Definitely <coughs> yours is so definitely with that. Now you've been hinting already. There's a couple of things that have come up, and I want to change gear slightly. Obviously, I know you do a band anyway. So, so tell us, people, how your bands have been going at the moment as well. Oh, the band. Oh, the little rap band. Yeah, your, your little band, yeah. You know, you know I, I see you constantly putting pictures up of your band, and I know you, and that's why I can hard to track you down sometimes again. Because you're you see gigging. me putting up pictures of different bands, because mm. I play in different bands. Um, the little rap outfit band, which is like, it's like a little bit of my heartbeat in there, you know. I really, really love that little band. Uh, we're kind of having a bit of a break because our guitarist has been away on and off the island. Um. And also we just hit a little bit of stagnancy. So I'm really, really hoping that come the new year, we're going to vamp it up again because we're a lovely little group. You know, we're, you know, we're really good friends. We have a really good laugh together. And those guys really helped me when I, when I was coming out of the, the arthritis thing, I'd had an injection in my joints. My medication had been changed. I was getting a bit more mobile and I thought I'm playing my trombone again. And this guy had been hassling me and sending me messages saying, because because to launch a charity, I'd done a trombone thing or something. And uh, and I messaged him. And I said, do you know what? I think I will come along. And the next day after that, I was performing yeah. on the stage at our local music festival. That's the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, and I that's the way to do it, myself. definitely. <laughs> I felt, I honestly felt myself. And it got very difficult for me doing it throughout 
Um, so the Isle of Man, I hate to make you all really jealous, right? But during the pandemic, we had like, I can't remember now, three months lockdown, another six weeks, another three weeks. I think that's all we had in total. We managed to starve it out. So we were living in a little bubble um, of freedom. And we had a lot of gigs during that time. But unfortunately, I was very ill with the arthritis again. So every gig was a nightmare for me because I had to stand. And yeah, but I do jazz band. I do big band. That's what I know you like, Jackie. Like, is you don't let your illness hold you back. That's what I love about you mm-hmm. for that. Because it's it, it nearly I, did at that point. It nearly did. Yeah, it nearly did, but you fought back again, right? So definite. Yeah. Now, there's other things we want to talk about next, obviously, because I'm conscious of the time today as well. I know you've got a show coming up in March next what? year, haven't you? Do you want to tell us about that then? I'm so excited. Right, this here is Annabelle. Can you see Annabelle? I, we can see I've been mean, watching the video. Can see Annabelle, yes. If you can't see the video, oh well, tough. Well, well it's tough <laughs> if you can't see the video. Um, so Annabelle, did I decided to give Annabelle, there you go, there's Annabelle again. She's having a little rest. Oh, yeah, lovely. she tells a story throughout the book actually about her journey to freedom. But she um so I thought, well, she tells a story throughout the book, and you know, like well, I think I'll just put on a show and I'm gonna call it Annabelle's Adventures. And I'm going to incorporate poems in a book and I'm going to do all kinds of things and maybe some of my song recordings. And I'm also going to invite some awesome people to be involved. So initially I was going to do it with a dancer and have a shadow play. I had uh, my, my best friend said that she would lend me a projector and all this kind of stuff. But as it turned out, I know nothing about projectors, didn't even know what I was getting myself into. And I had to scrap the idea, but I still have a dancer who's another poet, um, one of our local bards. And I have um, a couple of musicians lined up, fingers crossed. Uh, who else have I got? I've got I've got a lady who's like a ballerina and um, she's, she's not gonna do ballet. She's a bit older, but she's retired, but she's going to direct it. Another lady making beautiful masks. And I have got the soundology lady who plays gongs and singing bowls. I mean, you've got real variety there, haven't you? So yeah, and I'm going to dress up in this lovely dress I got from this charity shop, and I'm going to like, um, it's going to be an experience. The idea is it's going to be really like a lovely sensory experience, and and I really want the audience to feel very much encapsulated in the different kind of multimedia art forms we've got going on. Um, I want it to be a proper show, so fingers crossed, I pull it off, Andy. Oh, you will. You will. Drive the person that you are, Jackie, and I do not doubt that at all, so keep us informed. Yeah, now, yeah. before you tell us about your upcoming fourth book you currently have been agreed to, there's two things I forgot to ask about the third book, and this is because it's shit for Braves time, so I'm tired of it tonight. Number one is, and I love the fact where you had all your little codes at the back of the book, didn't you? Um, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, I forgot the name of them. What, what do you call those codes? codes. QR codes, that's it, yeah. I know it's an SR code, and that's getting old now, definitely. And what made you want to put the QR codes at the back of the book? And there's a few of them, there's a lot of people to check out. Yeah, yeah, well, um, because I'm a performance poet, and that's my kind of thing, so I wanted people to capture the performance, um, because I also work in marketing, and I realised it's a really good way to kind of, <coughs> um, yeah, you know, why not? Just do it. And so uh so they were the two reasons also because some of the poems are not in the book so the book is called the worst place to hide than inside secrets which as i said comes from a couple of places but one of them is um secret to the perpetually sick was one of the first poems i ever wrote that poem is not in the book but the qr code to the film i made about the poem with my friend janet lees is in the back of the book and that's if you thought a Silla's song was hardcore, this poem, I think, that video is 10 times more hardcore. I look forward to checking out of this weekend, coming definitely with that. So, come definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's only, it, so. only a couple, it's only a few minutes. Um, basically, she redacted the words. Um, we, we had actually, I will tell you about it because it's fun. We, we went into like, we went into the hospital. Okay, so we managed to, to get access to the hospital training the training hospital place and they let us in after hours he went with another videographer called glenn morrell he was filming me and oh my god 
sorry, I think my clients have just won a big award. Yes, okay, yes. That's good. Right, we better tell. Do you want to tell people what's going on in the background then? Because I don't mind just telling just people live. Ex- I give a live exclusive. Oh no, it's not. It's just a photograph of them. Oh, so basically, I've got I've got some clients at some big excellent awards tonight, and uh, I'm just we're hoping that they're going to win because they have to win. Of course, of course, right? So you follow the news live with spoken label. <laughs> but, right, I'm going to put it to one side. I'm going to ignore whatever happens because I think <laughs> they're, they're waiting to hear the results. So, um, yeah, what was I just saying? We went in. So basically, Glenn was filming me doing a poem, A Secret to the Perpetually Sick, and Janet just snuck next door and she filmed um, me performing to him through the surveillance camera. And she's a very, very highly esteemed, multi-award winning videographer, uh, poetry videographer. And she took it away, redacted the word, she put some heavy music on it and it's um, and did it in black and white. And it's, she captured it. When she sent it to me, I just thought, God, she it's hard to tell anybody. You tell people what it's like being sick. They don't get it. They go, oh yeah, I had a bit of that. I had a bit of this. The only people who will ever know what it's like to have rheumatoid arthritis or cirrhotic arthritis, they have one. They've won. I think they've won. Anyway, never mind. Okay, I'm leaving it. I'm leaving yeah, it. Yeah. But it's it's people who have had it. And when I hear other people talk their stories, I'm like, that's, I get that. That's what I was. You know, the stuff, the, all the stuff that goes on. But she captured the fury, the anger, the pain. She just got it, that that little video. So that the QR code to that and to some little songs I've done. And then I put them throughout the whole book. And I just think it, it then becomes, it's a whole, it's not just another poetry book. It's just, it's a complete, it's my creativity of the last five, six years, really. Brilliant. No, no, fair play to you. It does, and it's absolutely tremendous stuff indeed. So now I'm the only thing I'm curious on is and before we move on to more hints of the fourth book, is what made you want to do, do quite a lengthy afterword in the book? Because I would have I would have been tempted to put it as a pre- intro to the book, but was it was that always gonna be the point? Was it to do it like an afterword when people have already gone through all the book? No, the book was compiled. And then, like I said, it was going to be 2017 to 2022. And then I couldn't get the illustrations right because I'd done some really shit little ballerina things. They were crap and I wasn't happy with them. So I was sitting on it and then AI came. And so the essay at the end is basically why I included the 2023 poems. Um, and it ends with a QR code to my AI poem. I haven't got the words in there because it's, it's long and I didn't feel like it needed them. But it was basically my take on AI. And I end by saying that authentic, I I try and end on a positive note that authentic creativity is, and being human is the most important thing. And we have to, we have to stick to that. No, I agree. I agree with you completely. We have to as people completely. Now, is there anything you want to reveal about book number four then? Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) So book number four is completely different again. I'd uh, be surprised if it wasn't, knowing you, right? <laughs> it's adult. It's adult. So basically, I, I run a little spoken word original. Just thing. It's just thing. You know, we occasionally do open mics and all kinds of stuff. I was a bit ambitious with it in the beginning. It's not, we, you know, we do a few shows. Um, it's called Penny Productions. But one thing we have done with it, which have been absolutely loads of fun, is Murder Mysteries. Right. Oh so, God. I went to one of them recently. My sister taught me into going one. That was an experience. Right. Well, we do like we do interactive ones. So it's like for a party of 60. I do them to raise money for the charity. Party of 60. I buy the script. I re-script it all um, into poetry. I get a little jazz band. I get some like my fellow poets to come along and they get to be the best man or whatever we're doing, <laughs> you know, all the different kind of things we do. And then um and we put on a show. And then all the audience turn up in costume and 20 of them are going to be suspects and one will also die. So I, for, for these, I, I always write a penny poem and I had five penny poems. So I thought they need a they need a home. So I thought, well, I put them in there and then I've got my three prose poems, which are three of my favourite pieces that I've ever written. And they are ridiculously over the top, over elaborate language about a powerful woman who um, comes dastardly unstuck like like very dramatically unstuck and uh, and they're basically her tale and they all follow a very similar format and they were inspired 
by Dvorak's Noon Witch, which I had the pleasure of playing on many years ago in my trombone. And um, and I, I read the story afterwards. And it was very haunting and very, you know, I was like, my goodness me, that's like really, really awful story. But they're inspired by that kind of folklore. Um, can't remember what it's called now. Something, not symphonic poems. I'm not sure. There's a, a bohemian something but um yeah so it's basically eight pieces but I'm trying to illustrate it which means I'm turning myself into an illustrator which is not it's, it's a different so it was a separate challenge yeah, and it yeah. it's pretty it's, t- it's slow and tough going but it's coming if they're arts council funded I've got the funding it has to come so- good good let's keep at it definitely because uh, and Amanda does a lot of my list, but she does all the covers of my books now because she's much better than I am. Wow. And I keeps, I don't know how she does them. But it's like saying, it's like yourself where I mean, she surprised herself when she does them. So well, good luck with the books, Jackie. Right. We'll do the, as I always say, the hard sell. So I want to give you time to do a bit of reading for us in the second half. So where can people, first of all, get hold of your books? I would say the best place um, for all my stuff is Linktree. I just shoved it all on there. So that's um, that's Linktree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E. And then it's slash, and it's just my name, which is Jackie Murray Grace. Uh, do I need to spell it? No, no, no. I can okay. you can always ping, ping that across me later. So, yeah. So, um, also, yeah. as well, then, obviously, are tickets available for your show next March yet? Or not not well, yet. But, but they at the if you're in the Isle of Man, it's at the Erin Arts Centre on the eighth of March. Um, <clears throat> a very beautiful little theatre down the south of the island. So um, and there'll be twelve pounds. And um, yeah, I, I don't know when they go for sale because sometimes they do it themselves. The, the centre itself. Well, fingers crossed that definitely will do. Yeah. Now, obviously, if, if you want people to find more about you apart from your Linktree page, is that the best one to go with, or is there anything? Yeah, else? I put everything on there, so you can put you can go to the shop to purchase books, and um, you can also get my books if you're in the Isle of Man from Bridge Bookshop. Um, and yeah, it's got my website on there, my YouTube, my Bandcamp, uh, my Instagram. It's probably it. Well, I think that sounds yeah. good to me, definitely. So, yeah. good luck with it, definitely now. Okay, uh, I don't think there's anything else we need to talk about today. No, there's not. So what we'll do is we'll wrap up part one now. There's people that let Jackie catch her breath for a second and she's going to come back and hit us like a machine gun with a few poems in the second half. Some of which I don't know, and I'm looking, this is going to be the fun bit. So, so. thank you again, Jackie. We'll see you all in two shakes of the day. Thank you. Spoke on me. Hey, guys, Andy N, my friend Jackie. Straight over to Jackie now. She's going to do... Not one, not two. There's at least three poems there I don't know. So this is makes it entertaining. <laughs> Over to you, my friend. Okay. All right. Okay. So I haven't really thought. I'm going to open with this one because it's called The Feather Girls. And it's basically, it is a story of creativity gives you space to do whatever you want to do. We write sometimes in spite of ourselves, knowing this nonsense world has no time to dwell on our flotsam and jetsam minds. Today that we are word blind and crippled in every distinction, our systems cruelly maimed to imperfection. Limbs removed by aliens, altered then reconnected. Now they deserve only to lie in hospital trolleys, this once honest attachments reduced to promised worries and only a furnace will do. And later into that, we'll pour our bludgeoned minds to we the feather girls, half barbed, half flighty, half hollow, half streamlined, half deadly. A smattering of half-hatched halflings clutching the scraps of underling bird frames to find freedom in secret places. The sky, the turrets of majestic buildings here blew sticks to our barbs like a residual art whilst behind us the air turns ink black. We the feather girls, miserly in our stolen glory, mixing our metaphors and the telegraph wires of our flighty imaginations, cackling, crippled, tripped out half-wits, barbed dangerously dipped and poised and drip. Oh, I love the ending there. With the drip right at the end of it. That's like it's you had all the movement. It and, you yeah. can say what you like when you like. It was that's that's kind of from the being sick and the reference in it to turrets is also about my novels, because that's a place I often go back to. The, the turrets in my novels, you know. Yeah, we should have there's two things actually on this. Um, I've lost a sidetrack on this because somewhere. We've not mentioned your update before you told me to told people what during the break, did we? But we'll come on to that in a minute and your novels, because oh, I should have cool. mentioned it. Now, that's, obviously I'm, I'm, 
Struggling this... a little bit because we've got people talking outside the room, which is making it very hard to concentrate. Well, do you want to borrow my machine gun and go? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh well. Uh, anyway, I was going to say to you then, Jackie. Obviously, I loved the, the machine gun energy in that piece and the drips at the end of it. You give that a right. It was on like an. It slowed the pace down with the piece really well at the end there. It did. So, what was you said? It's about your illness at point, wasn't it? So, yeah, that opens quite, the book. It opens yeah. the book. It sets a scene. And it's about the fact that, you know, you're very sick and you're kind of stuck, you know, and, you know, you do feel like your limbs have been removed by aliens and altered and reconnected and all that kind of stuff. But you've got your freedom because you've got your pen. And within that, nobody can touch you. You're perfectly safe. Your worlds are safe. And like I said, that line about the turrets, it, it sounds, anybody not knowing about my novels would think, why she put that in there? But to me, quite often, I wrote those novels um, 10, 10 years ago. <laughs> I've still not done much with them, but um, they often, I still feel them. My characters, I often feel drawn back into them. They are a safe refuge for me. And they're very fantastical. So there are turrets everywhere. That's where to be. Okay, on to poem number two. So this is a poem that isn't in the book, but has a QR code. It's one I would never normally do, okay, Um, because I think it's too heavy and I don't believe in disempowerment, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. I've never come to terms with it. I doubt I ever will. The harsh word of a doctor telling me I'm not any sick, but sick in a way that will not heal. I've never accepted it. Should I? Am I wrong to protest? To expect more than a shrug when my hair falls out from the drugs, more than a stonewall face when I explain that my mind has been savaged by steroids, leaving me hooked on Googling the most efficient method I can find for suicide? Are people afraid? Is that what I'm not being told? Or is it only my body that refuses to exist in a vacuum where mind is a completely separate conception and the two cannot meet? Unless, as I've been informed, you're even more of a failure than every other chronic sufferer's lives be shortened by the inflammatory soiled, date stamp, six, six, six body of the chronic and his sheer painful, swollen, useless limbs who has no real purpose. We're all going to die anyway. If she has no bread, then so let her eat cake. Am I the only one left washed up by this dispassionate hospital circus? I've never grieved. How can I grieve what I don't believe to be gone, especially when I'm already caught up in the grief for the inexcusable behaviour of everyone who I did put my faith in, whilst I sat waiting for the gift of explanation because I was left writhing in so much pain and all I ever really asked for was compassion. Because I never asked for much, not really but you'd think I'd requested the sun, perhaps a moon on a sickle or Mars on a plate, maybe Venus's lips or a doctor's dinner date. Yet what everybody managed to forget is that my body quite regularly refuses to move. And when it does, it's also screaming a particularly petulant shade of murderous blue. And I have no clue who to turn to when my mind and body get confused, especially when everyone around me is acting as though they are not supposed to, though it seems to me that they're the ones who are wrong, not me. And perhaps it would be more apt if people would respectfully step back and allow my mind to thrive in whichever way it has learned how to survive within this chronically confusing fairground ride that is a perpetually heartbreaking trip of those of us who are chronically sick. I was reading that one, so my eyes might have been everywhere, but... Wow, no, I would call that absolutely just howling out the piece. That was incredible. That was a proper tour de force, that one. Yeah, it's, I think, doing what you've done there with the QR codes in this book, it takes it in, I think, a very different way in some ways. And I think you've done a good good move there because it's been interesting to see how that point would have stood up on page. But I think doing what you've done there with it. It's more powerful. The film more is powerful. More powerful. More powerful. More powerful. And it didn't, it didn't need all the words because... That's that's a, as you can actually. I don't normally ever share that piece. It's a very raw piece. Um, yeah, it's very it's personal. Raw. Um, it's very painful to do. So, and I, I've just realised all the pieces I said are going to do are a little bit heavy, and it's like maybe we should do something lighter. Do you want a lighter didn't one? You, you say uh, go off the what the set list was going to be. Didn't you say you had a poem about your daughter? He wanted to do my daughter. Do you want to hear this one? Yes, please. Yes, please. Okay, so I've got two poems about my daughter. There's Ode to Summer 2018, when she's nine. 
Okay. And it's Ode to Summer 2022 and she's 13. I was going to ask you about those two as well, but obviously, yeah, please do. I'll talk about them afterwards. Yeah, doing both back to back. Doing both back to back. Yeah, back to back. Yeah. Okay. Maeve, she's nine. She will swamp me in a blink. Her feet already match up to mine as we bristle against bitter summer winds and scurry hop to the sea. I shriek in drama, shriveled kelp on barefoot, but she shrieks with laughter. She thought to put her flip-flops on. She's always been more sensible than me. I'm brave, a bare skin, barely registering the icy water. I wear neoprene. I watch her in her world. She digs to find the Sand King. Tells me he's made out of sand, but I mustn't mention it because he's sensitive about that kind of thing. I lie back, gasp at the ice trickle, that finds a gap at the back of my neck and float on liquid gold. Will the sun to emerge from behind a late afternoon summer-wrapped a foil-wrapped cloud. We lie there together, soothed by waves. We flinch together when a gull squawks over. Mummy, my still baby girl, but only by a whisper, says, the sea's my best friend. So that was that was summer of 2018. This is summer 2022. My Mave at 13, a proper goofball as we scurry hop once again down, down to the sea. Reach its edge, dip our toes, wade shallow depths till swoosh I'm soaked and scolding her for splashing me at ice-cold water. Of course, she repents, my Maeve. Forever sensitive and overprotective towards me, though we're only being daft and splash. She's down, straight under, no pause, but no rewind either. Only a fast-forward from four years ago when she was last my seaside poetry daughter, age nine. How much I wish now that I'd always captured her summers like this in rhyme. Still, we're here now. Me on the kayak, I'm trying to persuade her to try it. She says it hurts her back. And I flinch at these glimpses of adulthood I catch that hold her back. Still, she's not too teen to swim, not yet. So I dig in my paddle and circle my daredevil daughter, who, like me, is enthralled by this vast salt body of water against her skin. That protective organ that keeps her heart from being torn to smithereens but cannot stop the tentacles of other things like jellyfish, cruel vibes, and the overall unpredictability of life. So I encircle her. No tentacles will interfere whilst I, the mother, am here. Later, Back on the beach, post chips on a bank overlooking the sea and pre-ice cream. I'm flat out daydreaming in a rare ray of heat-filled sun when her fingers unfold my fist, wrap sand in my palm and lift my arm to dribble prehistory all over my body. And together we snigger. Still the child. Still the mummy. Just us together. Closer than the sea against the shore. Because she hasn't pulled away. Not yet. Not yet. She still hasn't pulled away. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, lovely change in tone that because I've seen pictures of your daughter and yeah, I could could definitely see her being like you when she gets older. Been a a proper little rocker in one way or another. She's 15 now and so she'd have been 14 this summer, but this was a summer when she did, she did pull away. She had to at some point, but she's still my little girl and she's just, my kids are great. My kids are brilliant. I've got three. They're they're all good. She's the only one who gets poems because the boys would hate that. So <laughs> boys do. Boys do, unfortunately, right? So yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. But you have to get a rhyme poetry next, definitely, but that beautiful stuff. So right. Yeah. Okay. Now we did drop hints before of obviously about two particular poems. Um it's up to you this, Jackie. Do you want to uh, we've got after that? I think we should do both those two poems anyway. But is there anything else you want to do on top of it? I do you know what? I would like to do the 4.5 billion years because yeah. that was my Please. third poetry slam win. And that Please was, um, I, I, do you know, I haven't rehearsed. I'm scared I'm going to forget it all, but I'm just going to ah, forget. Ah. Blah, who cares? Um, this is my third poetry slam win. At, at, but it was also, I'm really proud of this piece because it's about ageism. And I came to writing, um, I came to writing in my late thirties to poetry in my early forties. And, I've experienced some ageism, but I'm definitely of the opinion that older people like me, include myself in this bracket, we're responsible largely for ageism by the way that we behave. And I believe that we have to completely embrace loving life and learning for eternity. My granny did it. She was never old and she died at 93. And she was never, she might have been old at the end because she got a bit sad, but um, my mum's never old. I'm not going to say how old she is, but she's 
she's young, okay? Let's go for it. In 4.5 billion years, this earth has soared through these skies. And here we all are caught up in the individual universes of our own unique lives. Little bundles of neurosis, monkey minds, primitive urges, hopes, dreams, fears, expectations, chaos, clutching at anything that might give our lives meaning. So tell me why, oh why, oh why, must we negate half these precious years of our minuscule lives by being ageist? It's unique phenomena, don't you think? That when the average lifespan is less than a flash in the pan in terms of existence, that we scathe, undermine, sneer at and dismiss people just for getting older. And I appreciate youth, that's not the point. Youth has a beauty that cannot be surpassed and my heart is crushed when I hear the pressures that our youth are under just to fit other social expectations that are also mere fabrications of limited imaginations. But here's the thing. The passing of time cannot be controlled, not by Botox or hair dyes or white lies on forms. Yet so many people I know who hit 40 feel silenced and dump themselves in a box of washed up. And why? Because society lies to us. Now, I'm going to tell you a secret I very rarely share. I started rapping aged 42 on a festival stage wearing gold flares. But it was two years before I told my bandmates that I wasn't 38. And why? Because some people felt that as I'd traveled 40, that I should feel ashamed. And it took me a while to realize that actually I was doing just fine. In fact, for the first time in my life, I finally felt I knew my mind. And I've worked hard to get here. And I have learned hard along the way. And I've heard some bullshit spoken by people who think there's a right to spit closed-minded opinions just to gaslight the wise and the old ones but I am big enough now, which is why my voice is loud. Because when I was young, I was too afraid of life to be someone, which is sad, because now I know what no one ever tells you. It is hard, but it's beautiful getting older. Friendships deepen, expectations lessen, you no longer take shit or get starstruck. And why? Because if you've lived long enough, you'll know. Seasons shift like falling star stuff and blink, they'll be gone. Every summer, winter, spring and autumn, because for 4.5 billion years, this earth has soared through these skies. So even if we live to 100, we'll only ever have 0.0000022% of that time to learn how to live our lives. And getting old is a privilege. It's not a right, it's not a given, so how is it occurs? And is it not time to call it out for what it is? More time to love, to learn, to laugh, to live, to leave our small, small prints on big, old earth. Now, brilliant. I've, I've heard you do that one before, actually. You might have done on, the Zoom, on some Zoom. I don't think you've done the spoken label. I remember the time thinking brilliant stuff. No, great stuff, Shafi. Great to hear that one again, definitely. And it's so empowering. I mean, I could have well, I would love to hopefully someday see you do that in person because it, I could see, well see you all over the howling at people on that one, definitely. Yeah. So, it, yeah. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a bit of a. I'm, that's that's what I'm really happy with. I'm really proud of that piece. You know, it's... you showed it showed them straight away and brilliant stuff. Right, okay. You can see how much we got off the Richter scale today. Now, what yeah. do you want to do then? Do you want to wrap up with those two poems we talked about? I mean, I was going to do drop the A, which is my AI poem. I don't think I need to. I think people can buy the book and they can find the performance at the back of the book in the big QR yeah. code. Yeah, make them make a, make the audience work. Is my opinion. Yeah, you can work. So, so um, shall I finish on the one I did for my dad? Please, yeah, let's do that one. It's a great one to wrap up with for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, really... yeah. <laughs> well we. My philosophy is we go out either with a bang or we seriously depress people. Take it, take it whatever way you want to take it. So. I think it's beautiful. This is a true story about my father. Okay. Jibes of love and good humour because we were his centre. And he was always a man who lived up to the grace in our name. And so I grew up believing all men are good sorts. I can't understand when I see otherwise. What a legacy, therefore, my father did leave us when he closed the door softly to spare us the pain of goodbye. Beautiful. Really, really powerful, powerful way to wrap up tonight, Jackie. So I want to thank you for that as well. Now, there's one thing we didn't mention before before we wrap up tonight, was it? About the awards. That's your 
Yeah, I should have been there, shouldn't I really? I mean, you know, so basically I've got a client, um, I've worked with them for over a year and they're like my main retainer client. Um, I do all their marketing and admin and they're a charity and they call Love Tech. They are they are so phenomenal they are so upbeat and they're a big team of very committed women and a couple of blokes and they run all these incredible stem education um activities and i really adore them and they were in the excellence awards tonight for the isle of man media excellence awards and it just pinged through before and they won for education and learning initiatives so that's a big thing it's like a really massive event on you know it's a really big event down at our big kind of concert hall so Yay! I made up for him. That's why we have to get that mention in that towards the end of this. So yeah, I'm all very. All I would say, Jack, is thank you again. It's been a pleasure. I can't believe it's been two years since we spoke last time. Spoken label time does absolutely flies. Yeah, so keep us informed when book number four's out. Um, have you got a rough release date for book number four yet, or mm. is that wait to wait mm. and see? I think with Arts Council funding, it has to be out by the end of February, but. I'm sure they're a little bit flexible. Um, I'm not going to officially launch it until 2025 okay. because I'm writing a play. Mm-hmm. Right, and there's novels on the way as well, isn't there? You know, once, once the poetry's out the way, poetry out the way, write a play. So poetry out the way. Yes, you know, that rhymes. When the I know. Out the way, write away. I know, I do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, poetry out the way, write a play, and then on to the novels. Um, the novels... Let's see what happens with the novels. If I live that long, of course. Um, you will. You'll be like your mum. You lived in 93, so that's about, what, 60 years to go, basically. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, millions of years <laughs> to go. Yeah, and so millions of years to kind of get the novels right. Uh, keep them away from AI. Mm, never mind. <laughs> Andy, thank you so much for having me. You're yeah. always a star. Fair and pleasure. I love listening to your podcast because you've got, like, you've got a beautiful voice. It was always a pleasure having you on, Jackie. Grateful. One of my favourite guests. So thank you again, my friend. Hang around. We need to we need to talk further. So okay. That is it for today, guys and girls. This is one of my longer episodes today, but it's with a dear friend, so it's always good fun. So as Don Callis over at AW Wrestling says, stay safe and stay over. See you all next time.